Hello, everybody. This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I am your host, Quentin, and today is Sunday. You'll probably be listening to this on a Monday, so happy Sunday or Monday, whatever day is you're listening to this on. I'm Quentin, man. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you guys coming out, and uh, baseball's almost around the corner. Real-life baseball players are playing real-life spring training games, and, like, it's awesome. And sometimes the sun's out when they play, but other times, if you're Mike Trout, you're in Arizona with a full-on snowstorm. He posted it on his Instagram just, like, two days ago. A full-on winter wonderland in Arizona spring training, right? Like, that would be my luck if I ever went to Arizona to watch a spring training game, it would be like the blizzard on Christmas Story where the kid sticks his tongue to a pole and the fire department has to come. But I would be that kid all at the age of 35 with my tongue stuck to a pole, just drool going everywhere, and I would never make it to the ballpark. But it's here. Man, I'm so pumped about it. So so let's talk some baseball, right? Um, since we've last spoken, Manny Machado signed a 10-year contract. Bryce Harper Per a recent report from Bob Nightingale, or maybe John Heyman, Bryce Harper is supposed to sign tomorrow with the Philadelphia Phillies. The owner of the Philadelphia Phillies, John Middleton's just been hanging out with Bryce Harper in Las Vegas for the past few days. And I'm guessing they're getting to really just know each other. And that, my friend, is a key move and I think will really help Bryce Harper sway towards signing with the Philadelphia Phillies because one of the things that Bryce Harper had when he was with the Washington Nationals was a very close relationship with the Washington Nationals owner. So this is a big deal, especially if you're really going to sign a 10-year contract and move you and your wife to you know whatever city you're going to play baseball in. So look for that signing tomorrow. But right now, we're going to, you know, I think we're going to unpack this Manny Machado signing right now. But first, first things first, wow, this is a big event that's happened at the Greatest Show on Dirt Baseball podcast, probably like the biggest event ever that I could imagine. It's like the equivalent of Christopher Columbus discovering America, right? Like, I don't mean to brag or like toot my own horn, but uh, beep, beep. Big stuff here. I finally, I finally, finally got a baseball prediction right. I did it. I did it. I'm so excited. I got a baseball prediction right. Check this out, dude. I've been doing this podcast for a year and maybe like three months, right? It's one of the best things I do. I don't, wait, hold on. I don't know if it's one of the best things I do. I have fun when I do it, you know? I don't know that I'm the best podcaster that comes about. I would say like I'm semi-average, you know, at best, but I, I, I love, I love to talk baseball. Um, you know, anyone that listens to this podcast that comments on any of my social media channels, I cannot begin to thank you enough because the fact that like somebody out there listens to me is, it sounds crazy to say, but like it just completely, I mean, it's completely humbling, you know, the, the baseball community out there. And to be able to put something out there that somebody likes. And the fact that iTunes and Apple hasn't like kicked me off and told me to stop. Because I really love to talk baseball. And I love to talk baseball with other people. It, it, it's it's really a blast. I love it. I enjoy it. I, I get unbelievable amounts of anxiety every time before I start to record a podcast. But it is fun. But what I'm getting at is this. I... I've made a lot of predictions in the past, 
And those predictions generally aren't right, you know? I'm sort of like a meteorologist that never gets the weather right, but still somehow keeps his job. Like, you could be a weatherman and just, like, suck at the job, right? You say it's going to rain and it doesn't rain. You're wrong. But no one's mad at you because they thought it was going to rain and it's sunny outside, right? So, like, last year, I had said if Hugh Darvish went to a really good team with a really good system, he would win the Cy Young, He went to the Chicago Cubs. I said he would win the Cy Young. He had a five-earned run average and couldn't pitch past the fourth inning. He was the opposite of Cy Young. He was like Cy Dung. Like, I don't know what happened, man. He just threw poop everywhere he went. It was awful. I made that prediction. And oftentimes, like, sometimes the predictions I make— you would think that like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a lowest hanging fruit prediction. You're probably going to be right. And then all of a sudden go south. Like, you know, like the curse of the Bambino, the curse of the Billy Goat. Like, I think there's probably soon like the Drake curse. Have you ever heard of the Drake curse? Like Drake is literally seen with like an athletic team. And then that athletic team goes on to lose. I begin to feel like there might be a Quentin curse. Like if you listen to this podcast and I mention your team, it's like watching the ring, right? You see it and you're going to die. So if I mention your team, they're probably going to lose. So my apologies first and foremost, if you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, because I've predicted that the Cardinals will win the NL Central, they're probably going to get last place. Please accept my condolences. I'm sorry. I'll send flowers. But, like, I also, last season, I kid you not, one of the worst predictions I've ever had. I predict, I'm i a Cubs fan, dude. I predicted with my buddy Kyle Malzahn at Cubs Live, I told him I thought the Chicago Cubs would win 105 games. They didn't even win the wild card game. They lost the wild card game and game 163 and scored a combined, like, one run and like 20 innings or something, because I think they played extra innings in one of the games. You don't get any more opposite than what I've done. Like, I don't know if I, I could be crazy. If you're listening right now, you should go to your kitchen drawer and get out the Reynolds wrap and put the tinfoil over your head to hopefully keep me out. I, <laughs> I, I would recommend it. I really would. Listen at your own risk. Surgeon General's warning. Quentin's predictions may ruin your baseball team. And then, when, hold on, there was another prediction I made. Oh, yeah. I thought that. Hold on. I don't, maybe, I, maybe I don't remember the other prediction I made. Oh, shit. I remember the last really big prediction I made. And this is a shout out to any Washington Nationals fans that listen to this podcast. But I predicted the Washington Nationals to win the World Series last year. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs. Listen, if that's not a curse, my friend, I don't know what is a curse. The Washington Nationals, they're loaded. They were loaded last year. They got a 19-year-old Juan Soto. They have Bryce Harper, who's one of the has the most destructive swing in all of baseball right now. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, like just so many guys that the Washington Nationals had. They went 82 and 80 and didn't even make the postseason. And I predicted them to beat the New York Yankees in the World Series. I'm sorry, guys. World, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But listen, I predicted, you can go back to my podcast. Um, I, I don't remember the title, but it was like uploaded. 
January 22nd. I predicted that Manny Machado would go to the Padres and that I thought the Padres should sign him to a 10-year contract. And it happened. I kid you not. It's like the reverse ring. So, like, I don't know what it is, but, you know, if you're a Padres fan, I might be your good luck charm. You know, I'll try to, like, maybe build, like, a crystal ball and I can come up with some more stuff. But, listen, it happened, and my logic was that I said, actually – I'll play it. Here, listen to it right now. And don't be surprised if Bryce Harper or Manny Machado signs with the San Diego Padres, man. The San Diego Padres have a phenomenal farm system. The San Diego Padres never really get talked about. So look for the Padres too, man. That whole thing could happen for them, you know? Okay. So and obviously my logic behind that was this. You have a phenomenal farm system in Major League Baseball, and nobody really talks about your team. And you've got money to spend, so just sign Manny Machado for 10 years because he's only 26, which is phenomenal. So he's so young, you, you're going to get huge prime years out of him. You can still suck for a few years and not waste his prime, and then all of a sudden you get this phenomenal team. It's like you sign some big superstars, but then you have all these young, controllable players that you that you can work with, you know, essentially what the Padres are doing with this Manny Machado 10-year deal is they're spending money on the big stud. But then they've got all these young controllable guys that they can really analytically put together in the sense of for example, the Tampa Bay Rays. They really don't have big names, but because of they're so analytically driven, they were able to win 90 games last year, but the Padres are a bigger market. Obviously, can afford more money. They just spent $300 million. So the Padres can use their controllable ta talent to analytically win games, but then sign Manny Machado, sign him for 10 years because he's so young, and then you get the best of both worlds. You get big free agent names, and then you've got these young controllable players that you can pay $500,000 a year. That's like the league minimum is like $555,000, which is phenomenal. And you, you win some games. And this is awesome for the Padres, right? Because the Padres are sort of like, they've kind of fallen off the map, really. I don't, you know, but if, if I point out to any baseball fan right now at a baseball game and say, name a San Diego Padre other than Tony Gwynn or Trevor Hoffman, they might like freak out, man, because the Padres are super irrelevant in Major League Baseball. So I commend the, the San Diego Padres for signing Manny Machado for 10 years. I think it's great, man. I think it's something that, logically speaking, most analytical baseball fans that I speak with, they say, that's a stupid idea, and they're going to regret signing Manny Machado for so long. But I dig it. I dig it because there's more to it. There's more to this baseball thing than just the data and analytics. There are these intangibles. There's this personality. There's there's creating value for the fan that's beyond wins and losses that has this WWE promotion mentality of like, listen, I know what Manny Machado did last year, and I know that logic says signing this 10-year deal, I might regret it in year seven. But what about one through six? What about the branding that I can do with Manny Machado and the Padres? We could turn this organization into a different way and get fans really behind this because fans see what we're doing. 
fans love Manny Machado, then fans grow to love the team. And all of a sudden, with big moves like signing Manny, you're you're changing the brand. The San Diego Padres are changing their brand, and I think it's awesome for baseball. I think it's awesome for California. I mean, I get it. San Diego has, it's like heaven on earth. Like, you can't have it all. Like, if you have weather that good, you should just have a crappy baseball team. But they're really bad, so I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. This is great news for everybody. I would like to thank, um, I've made a list of people and things that I would like to thank for getting this Manny Machado prediction correct. Uh, The first thing that I want to thank is dumb luck. You know, without throwing all these bad ideas out there, like Darvish winning the Cy Young, that I would have never had a good idea. You know, they say that failure is the best way to succeed. And I fail effortlessly and frequently. Quite frankly, failure is the currency of this podcast. I'm really good at it. I would I'd like to thank my job. You know, no one that I work with listens to this, thank God. But I'd love to thank them for not firing me, for, you know, not doing shit. You know, I'm the Michael Jordan of the unsanctioned loaf, which is exactly what it is. The unsanctioned loaf is taking a break from your responsibilities at work without permission. It's against the law. It's, and I'm doing the air quotes, stealing company time. It's not really, right? Um, Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about it. You know, in my head, I would like to think that my Manny Machado correct prediction, if I were going to put it in terms of famous baseball plays, um, my prediction would be the equivalent of Derek Jeter grabbing that ground ball in the infield that was thrown from the outfield and throwing out Jason Giambi at home plate, the flip. That's right. They call that play the flip. But I, I know, I know, deep down realistically, that even my best prediction is the equivalent of the fly ball bouncing off Jose Canseco's head and going for a home run. But, you know, I, I'll take it either way because both guys – that Conseco play, that's a, that's a major league play that people still talk about to this day. So, hey, um, any press is good press. That's what they say. Um, oh, God, I'd like to thank coffee. Coffee, first and foremost. Coffee for making me feel like Cornholio, putting a, short, a shirt over my head like on Beavis and Butthead and never giving up, like Rocky and Rocky Four when he's doing crunches to try to be Ivan Drago. Like, that's, that's what I've done essentially. You know, I don't I don't work out, you know, at all. I don't do sit-ups, right? I just like the movie, you know. Um, I would like to thank Glazed Donuts from Donkeys, the best donuts in the world. Um, and, you know, just the um, just the bravery that the people have that listen to this podcast that I help. You know, in, in, in my head, the people listening to this podcast are John McClain. And I'm Carl Winslow outside the Nakatomi building. Like, I'm Carl Winslow. I'm saving the day, and this is great. Carl Winslow, Reginald Vell Johnson. I went into a Wikipedia hole on his Wikipedia page. One of my favorite things in the world to do is Wikipedia rabbit holes. It is amazing. I'll get to work at 9 a.m., and before I know it, it's lunchtime. And I can tell you all about which was the highest grossing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, where the Karate Kid is today. The fact that um, 
the 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 the, the main character on the Sandlot, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, he's a firefighter now. He actually turned away from Hollywood and fame to be a firefighter. I I, I know that information, right? I'm an information guru. I am I'm a sponge to the world of information, and Wikipedia is that, you know. Reginald Vell Johnson, do you know who that is? Carl Winslow, Family Matters, you know? He, he He's from New York. You know, there was an internet hoax in 2017 that said he was dead, but he's not dead. He even came out on his Twitter and said he wasn't dead, right? These are things about Reginald Vell Johnson. You've got to know the person, and that's me, my friend. I'm Carl Winslow, and I, f- I feel lucky and I feel blessed, you know? I might actually... Because I feel so blessed, go out and buy a lottery ticket right now. I think I should. I could win $10 million. And if I won $10 million, there's a fact that I would be completely white trash about all the money that I won. Like, I would – I'll tell you this. If, if I got paid like Manny Machado and they say you get $300 million for 10 years, I know exactly – I know what my first purchase would be. It would be a DeLorean because I've always talked about owning a DeLorean. Like, I want to buy a DeLorean for real. I told my wife last night, you can get a a DeLorean, a mint-conditioned DeLorean off eBay for $44,000. I think that's a reasonable purchase for a vehicle. You know, like, like we're going to have kids, you know, and the DeLorean's only a two-seater. But I think the kid could ride shotgun with me. Why couldn't my baby ride shotgun in a DeLorean? Like, if you not watch Back to the Future, I think DeLorean's a pretty safe car for one and two. Like, I don't, I would need to see the scientific studies that say my kid needs to be in the back seat of the car. Listen, good sirs, don't tell me how to be a parent, okay? Let me live my life and be me. Who, you know, didn't, didn't Britney Spears have her kid on her lap while she was driving down the road? Listen, when I was a kid, my mom, she would let me drive the car when I was five. She would let me sit on her lap. She would control the gas pedal because, God bless me, I was just too short to press on the gas and the brake. But she would let me take the wheel. She would smoke her Marlboro Light, and I would just be turning the wheels, driving the car. And guess what? I've got a podcast right now, and you're listening to it because you want baseball information from me. I think I'm an influencer, right? So a DeLorean is number one, but also— Dude, one of the things I would always want if I had $300 million, I would buy me and all of my friends a fleet of go-karts and flamethrowers. Like flamethrowers like what Elon Musk sells from the Boring Company. But I don't think the problem with that is, dude, Elon Musk doesn't really sell the flamethrowers anymore. But check this out. You can go to Amazon.com, and if you live in a hillbilly state like I do, which is South Carolina, because I'm just across the Charlotte border, you can order a flamethrower. It's not called a flamethrower. It's called like a crop controller. Did you spray crops with it? Like when your corn's done harvesting for the year, you use this device to spray flames and like get rid of weeds and old crops and stuff like that. It's a flamethrower. It is a propane tank on your back with this big, like, sword-looking thing that comes out of it, and it just shoots flames. That's what I want. A DeLorean, a fleet of go-karts for me and my friends, and all of us could have flamethrowers. I know, I listen, you can't take it with you. To hear Elon Musk say it, the world's going to end soon, and we need to go to Mars, which I don't have the clout to go to Mars, you know, unless someone just wants to— um, take me there as like uh, like like an indentured servant or something like that. I don't really have any skills. You know, I can't, I can't build stuff. I can't cook. 
unless you want bagel bites in the microwave, and they're kind of tough when you do that. So I, for that reason alone, man, I would spend my $300 million quicker than MC Hammer and Mike Tyson combined. Bro, I would buy a tiger. I would buy a liger, which is a mix of a lion and a tiger. Yeah, I would put a weight bench in my front yard, make it look like I went to prison, and just get swole. I would live my life, man. No, no, uh, no, don't hold me back, man. That's all I got to tell you. And, you know, that's it. So let's, uh, th- that's how I would spend all my money and be bankrupt. So I think I could spend $300 million in like a year. I would just do it. I would buy a private jet and I'll yacht. Probably like a couple yachts. I can't even swim that good. I would do it though. So check this out, man. Let's analyze this Manuel Machado deal. 10 years, $300 million. The first question I have received is, is this a good move by the Padres? I think it's a phenomenal move for the Padres because they need to be relevant. Okay? My only thing about the Manny Machado thing is if I were the GM, I would have never paid Manny Machado $300 million knowing that I probably could have got Bryce for $400 million. And I say that because Bryce Harper is baseball's only current transcendent superstar. He's it. Bryce Harper's not the best player in the league. That's what I'm not saying. But to 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 in, in baseball, to find a superstar that is bigger than the sport and has mass pop culture appeal, your only guy is Bryce Harper. And Bryce Harper will drive so much revenue to your team if you sign him. Just spending that extra $100 million to get Bryce, I think that would make sense because the revenue of your team would skyrocket higher than it normally would without Bryce Harper or even with Manny Machado if you have Bryce. And that revenue increase... Would I I would say, listen, I'm not a financial guy, you know. I, I overdraw my debit account weekly. So, you know, I'm not I'm not good with numbers. I'm bad with numbers. I'm too bad with numbers. <laughs> but <laughs> this is it, dude. I, I would have went with Bryce. And if I thought I could spend just one hundred million more dollars and get Bryce Harper, I would do it. You know, it's like the cologne method. When you're in Macy's and you're buying a cologne and they say, Do you want the big bottle? of Old Spice, Manly, Manly, Stetson, Musk for $85, or you can get the bigger one, double the size for only $15 more, you get the bigger cologne. You always get the bigger cologne. So in this situation, I would say the Padres should have used like the Stetson method and just been like, let's use the cologne method. Let's get quadruple our value for just like 25% more dollars. I think it would be great, you know? And that leads into the second question that I, that I was sent for this podcast is, does Manny Machado have value beyond the diamond? He, he does not have the mass appeal that Bryce Harper does beyond the diamond. He doesn't. Fans of Major League Baseball that aren't like diehard Orioles fans or Dodgers fans or you know Padres fans, I think the majority of those fans get things twisted when it comes to Manny Machado, most of the people I talked to, some actually, some of the first text messages I received after the Manny Machado signing was that Manny's not worth 
$300 million. Because on a, on a mass level, the only things we really know about Manny Machado, if you're not a diehard fan of him or one of the teams he's been on, is that he's a dirty player. Christian Yelich came out and said it, that he was dirty. He kicked Jesus Aguilar at first base, stepped on his ankle, could have broken his ankle. He had some very questionable slides in the second base. He, he scored a run. This is when he was Dodgers this postseason. He scores a run. He walks past home plate, and he grabs his his testicles and shakes them to the crowd. And he's like, I scored a run. And he's, like, grabbing his balls. That's not cool, man. <laughs> like, it's just not. It's, it's a dick move. You know, do I believe Manny Machado's a dick? I don't. I believe he's a 25-year-old guy. And Manny got himself in a situation where it was maybe pressure that he had never experienced before, a year before free agency, being jettisoned off to Los Angeles, which my friend ain't playing in Baltimore. No disrespect to Baltimore. Great stadium, great team, great franchise. But it's a different type of pressure, different than anything that he had ever experienced. It's hard to say how one might act in a situation like that. And with Manny, I think we saw it manifest itself in these questionable acts of anger and frustration because he 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 was just having a hard time with it. And generally, when you go through hard things in your life, ang- anger is one of the things that can frequently manifest itself. So I I don't think that those acts define Manny Machado. They no way, shape, or form define Manny. But Manny doesn't have the mass appeal and the value beyond the diamond like Bryce Harper has. But that doesn't mean that we're in trouble with Bryce or, or that we're in trouble with the Padres and Manny Machado signing. Manny Machado, he is cut from the same cloth as Nolan Arenado. He's not as good as Nolan. So you don't have to, don't scream at me through your car or your phone right now and say, you idiot, he's nothing like me. He's nothing like Nolan Arenado. I get it. Nolan is the supreme player. When it comes to Manny Machado, but when you look at their numbers, and when you see them play, their defensive ability, their offensive ability, and this is with Manny Machado playing at third base, Manny Machado, he's an, he's probably an average shortstop, I guess. He's really big, and I don't think that makes it. I don't know why he's not as good of a shortstop as he is third base, but I know why he's a way better third baseman than he is a shortstop. Manny Machado has an absolute rifle at third base, you could go to YouTube and watch Manny Machado great plays and just watch him throw guys out at first from the freaking dugout. He's quick with the glove. He's got an amazing arm. His third base defense may not be as good as Nolan Arenado's, but it's comparable to it. You know, they're in the, they're in the same league when it comes to that. And the reason why I bring Nolan Arenado up is to analyze the personal PR aspect of this. Most baseball fans, well, most baseball fans love Nolan Arenado. They say he's a great player, the best third baseman in the league. The value is in the range, the value for Manny Machado is in the range of the value one would get for Nolan Arenado. It really is. And because of that, because Manny is a really good and consistent 6-7 win player when he's healthy, which is a lot. He plays a lot of games. He played in all 162 of them last year. Because he's he's so athletic and he provides so much value number-wise on the field, 
the San Diego Padres can create a superstar out of this. I mean, Manny Machado's a good-looking guy. He's young. He's got this hair. He makes phenomenal plays on the diamond. The San Diego Padres can turn Manny Machado into a stud. They can because now Manny Machado's on our radar now more than he ever has been. He's must-watch TV if you're a baseball fan. Even if you're like a Cardinals fan, you now sort of have a reason to watch the San Diego Padres because you want to see. Everyone wants to see what's the 10-year, $300 million guy going to do. What's the guy that's been paid more millions than any baseball player previously? What's he going to do? We all want to watch. And if that hype, that promotion is sufficiently built up, similar in a way, I always call it the WWE method. Major League Baseball could learn a ton from Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has a fake fighting company. They play fight. <laughs> they do. On the bare bones of it, World Wrestling Entertainment, they fake fight. But Vince McMahon builds these storylines and builds these personalities and these auras and these um, these characters. He builds them up to these superhuman levels, right? Manny Machado, he, the wrestlers are phenomenal athletes. So when I transition to what I'm about to say about Manny, I'm not discounting what they do because wrestlers are amazing athletes. But Manny Machado is such an amazing athlete. And to tell that story of what he does and who he is, San Diego can do this. San Diego can sufficiently hype Manny Machado. And then when your casual baseball fans tune in just to see what the $300 million guy can do, if leading up to that, if San Francisco has, or San Diego has really built this up, San Diego can totally turn Manny Machado into to something close to a transcendent superstar. I, I, I think they they absolutely can do it, and it's there because his ability's through the roof. My next question that I've received via social media, has Manny received unfair criticism for his comments and gameplay? Without a doubt, he does. Manny Machado, he's not looked at as the impact player that he truly is. Fans don't see him like that. You know, again, unless you're a fan of like the Orioles or the Dodgers or have just always followed Manny up. If you're if you're a casual Manny Machado fan, and that, that's how baseball goes. You know, if you're a diehard New York Yankees fan, you might not pay a whole lot of attention to, you know, maybe what like the Colorado Rockies or the San Diego Padres or like the Texas Rangers. You know, you might not pay as much of attention to them as your own team. That's fine. Baseball is re it's it's a regional sport. You know, I don't think baseball has the mass star appeal that like what the NBA and the NFL does. You know, it's more you're more about your baseball team based on where you live, and that's fine. That's fine. And those sorts of things can change, but it's those it's but it's those fans that aren't hardcore. That you know that Manny gets the unfair criticism from, and it's my, um, you know, my comparison just a few minutes ago about Nolan Arenado. You know, yeah, we we love we universally love Nolan Arenado, but we don't like Manny, man, because he he doesn't fit our mold. Like he did something bad, but it's like in my life, like yeah, you know, I finished off the milk and the Honey Nut Cheerios, right? That's not like doing what Manny Machado does. But if I look at my life, like I do dumb things every day that can come off as inconsiderate. But I would love, those things do not define me, you know? As a whole, I'm a great person. But when you're in the spotlight, like Manny, 
it's like a bad review. You know, you're not going to eat at a restaurant and the food be great and leave and be like, oh my God, I've got to review that place. No, when the food's really good, you're like, oh my God, I need to go home and sit my ass on the couch. I am exhausted. But if the food is bad, you're like, no, 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 no. That lasagna, it sucked ass. And I'm going to get on Google and I'm going to tell the world about it. And that's kind of what it's like with Manny, man. You know, 90, 90% of Manny's great, dude. But then when you see those couple little things, yeah, it's like, oh, crap. His lasagna sucks, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I really do think he's got um, – you know, received unfair criticism because of what he's done. But all of that can change now. More eyes are going to be on Manny Machado now than they ever have been. And this is a great opportunity for Manny to develop himself as a person in the eyes of fans in the public. And also, this is a great opportunity for the San Diego Padres to do the same thing, to rocket launch their brand as far as, you know, what the San Diego Padres are in Major League Baseball and really escalate themselves up higher and higher with the situation that they're in and what they've done with both their farm system and free agent signings. Okay, the last question I received was, is Manny Machado more valuable than Bryce Harper? All right, that's, it's a tricky one. You know, it is a hard comparison defensively because they play different positions you, so, so that's what one side of me says, right? Part of me is like, I don't know. You've got a third baseman and a right fielder. Like, those are for sure different impacts on the game, right? Like, I, I would like to think that being a good third baseman is way more difficult than being a, a successful outfielder, for sure. But And so that makes me question the, the value that each one provides, right? The unfair comparison stems from a, being – a, a skilled third baseman is really difficult to do, but because defensively those positions provide the team just completely different things, you might be comparing apples and oranges. But if you look at the impact that an outfielder can make, you know, one of the first names that comes to mind is Jason Hayward. You know, I've uh, watched Jason Hayward play a lot in Chicago and then that one year in St. Louis. And when you look at what he does in right field, Jason Hayward's gameplay in right field, I believe, provides significant defensive value because he is so good because of his ability to make catches that shouldn't be sa- that shouldn't be made. You know, therefore saving runs. His pitchers really love him out in right field. The ability to, he has a great arm. You know, he can throw guys out, extending singles into doubles, doubles into triples. So that with his amazing glove. Because when, you know, when Jason Hayward makes an amazing catch in right field, more often than not, I would say that he's saving an extra base hit. And when that happens, that really helps to keep runs off the board. So I I do believe that an outfielder, a right fielder, can provide similar impact that a really good third baseman can. So, and and I say that because I'm sort of unpacking this in my head, you know, where an initial response is they play different positions. How can you compare them defensively? But I can compare them on their impact. And I think that a right fielder can be really impactful, similar to what a really good third baseman can be. I I do. I'm totally maybe could be wrong, but I think there is 
there's enough value that can be created in third base and in right field to where we can have this holistic conversation of maybe who is more valuable, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Now, with what I just said about Jason Hayward providing significant defensive value to his position in right field, well, Bryce Harper doesn't do that. Simply put, Bryce Harper is not a valuable defensive glove. He's not at all. He's not. Bryce Harper, if Bryce Harper ever wins a gold glove, it's going to be because he's got a phenomenal bat and he's popular. Happens a lot, right? Derek Jeter won like a ton of gold gloves because of that reason alone. Derek Jeter's a Hall of Fame player, but there are guys that win gold gloves kind of just because they're good players and super popular, not because they can really just nab a lot of stuff. See guys like Colton Wong. He's a phenomenal second baseman. He's got a great glove. He'll never, ever win a gold glove because he's not worth a shit with a bat in his hand, right? But Manny, Manny's a game changer, an absolute game changer and difference maker at third base with his glove. Bryce Harper is not a game changer with his glove. He's just, he's, he's not, man. He's not. Now, with the baseball bat, Bryce, did you say something? With the, with the baseball bat in his hand, and all of these things I'm about to say about Bryce Harper, that is leaving Mike Trout out. So forget about Mike Trout for just a second. I believe that Bryce Harper is the most influential hitter in a lineup in all of Major League Baseball. Again, leaving Mike Trout out of the conversation. Bryce Harper is the only dude I see getting full-on Barry Bonds treatment. Full Barry Bonds treatment. The year, a couple years, in 2016, when the Chicago Cubs walked him six times in a baseball game, it was like an extra inning game. They walked him six times because they were basically like, uh, hell no, we're not doing that. Like, I'm not sticking my finger in that electrical socket and getting shocked and peeing and pooping my pants. Nope, not going to happen. Hard pass. He's good. Too good. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And that happens even with. Bryce Harper last season when the questions at the All-Star break were like, dude, he's hitting 214. Like, 214. Like, that's like a poor... Like, that's like what Kyle Schwarber bats. 214. Like, that's not good. His batting average is like what Adam Dunn is. Like, it ain't good. Like, Madison Bumgarner probably has a higher batting average than that. And he's a great hitting pitcher. He's probably got a higher batting average than what Bryce Harper did at some point. But... You have to really unpack what's happening. Dude, look at the numbers on Baseball Reference and be like, I don't want that bad. He ain't shit. So I can do anything for me. Listen, Bryce Harper's still a young guy, dude. He's 26 years old. When I look at Bryce Harper's batting average struggles last year, his strikeout struggles, striking out on fastballs that he should be hitting, this is what's happened. Bryce Harper knows what he can do with a baseball bat. He knows the skill that he has. We all know the skill that he has. He's the most destructive hitter in all of baseball and has an overwhelming influence on how a pitcher deals with him and the rest of the team. Bryce Harper wants to slaughter baseballs because he knows what he's got. Who wouldn't want to slaughter baseballs when you've got that kind of talent? He knows. So when he goes up there, he gets absolutely nothing to hit. So take your walks, dude. Get your 440 on-base percentage or whatever. Like, just rack it up, dude. But at some point, 
at some point, the big dog's got to eat, right? And he wants to hit. He's not making a difference. He's not helping his team win if he's just getting walked to first. Hell, that's what the pitcher wants. Pitchers are absolutely shook. I just burped. Sorry if you heard that. <laughs> Pitchers are frightened, terrified when Bryce Harper steps into the box. If they walk him and he's just on first base and that ball's not 450 feet over the right field fence, that's a success. That's an absolute success. So Bryce knows, like, we're not going to win if this shit's happening. I have to take this into my own hands. So does Bryce care that he batted 214 for part of the season? No, he'd rather not get walked and do something to change the course of his team's win-loss record. So he's swinging away, man, swinging at anything he can remotely maybe try to hit. So, of course, his batting average is going to suffer, right? And because of these excessive walks that Bryce is seeing, he, he's got to learn to sort of, like, figure this out, right? Pre-All-Star break, yeah, he had a batting average that looked like the credit score from someone that had been in a coma for, like, 15 years, right? 214. It ain't good. Post-All-Star break, he was normal Bryce. He was normal 2015 MVP Bryce, batting 300 and this and that and the other. So, from a pure batting standpoint, Bryce Harper's that dude. Bryce Harper is way more influential in a game with his baseball bat. Than Manny Machado. So do I so because of that, I know that Manny wins with the glove and that Bryce wins with the bat. So you're you're listening to this and you're asking, well, Quentin, tell me who is more valuable out of these two guys. And because of the transcendent superstar level value that Bryce offers, I say Bryce Harper is the more valuable player. Taking that out of it and going strictly on gameplay, let's say they're both mega superstars, how popular they are outside of baseball is irrelevant. Who is more valuable, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper? I didn't plan how I was going to answer this, man. I, I don't know if I know the answer to that question. I I guess... Ugh. You know what? I, I guess, you know, gun to my head, I say Bryce Harper. I say Bryce Harper because I feel like when Bryce Harper's in your lineup as the offensive powerhouse that he is, I think his presence shakes a pitcher so much that that pitcher is affected negatively, not only when he's facing Bryce Harper, but when he's facing the guys before Bryce Harper when he's facing the guys after Bryce Harper. If there was a way to do some sort of scientific experiment and you put a placebo in lineup A, then you duplicate lineup A and you put Bryce Harper in there and not a placebo, I always feel like that lineup with Bryce Harper, exactly the same lineup, everything controlled, that the lineup with Bryce Harper, I believe it performs better every time. I really do. Okay, this podcast wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about Bryce Harper and his free agency. And maybe, just maybe, this might be the last time we talk about Bryce Harper free agency. So as I've been recording, I've had both my wife and my brother tell me that John Heyman and Bob Nightingale are pretty certain that Bryce Harper is going to sign tomorrow or Tuesday. 
and that it's going to be with the Philadelphia Phillies, and it's going to be long-term with a ton of money. Also, somewhere in these rumors, it's been noted that Bryce Harper would rather go to a bigger market like Chicago, New York, L.A., and doesn't really prefer going to the Philadelphia Phillies, but he just can't say no to the money. And that's very much a position that the Philadelphia Phillies are in right in this moment. They've built this excellent team with young, controllable guys that they've just brought up from the farm. And they're at the point, and Philadelphia is a big market, man. So so don't forget that. You know, they can spend a lot of money. And Philly's in this situation with their rabid fan base who just wants Bryce Harper more than they want clean water or fresh air at this point. They're, they're hardcore fans over there. And um, Philadelphia is going to do whatever they've got to do to sign Bryce Harper. They're not going to let Bryce Harper sign anywhere. The Philadelphia Phillies are in the process right now of making Bryce Harper an offer that he simply cannot refuse. Bryce might want to go play in San Francisco. He might want to be a St. Louis Cardinal and play in a great baseball town like St. Louis, like on the north side of Chicago, like in New York. He may really want to do that. But you can't say no to 10 years and what might be 400 or over $400 million. That is the type of offer that's unrefusable, and that's what's going to happen. Bryce may tell them, now here's why I really want to play. This isn't my first choice. Over the past few days, John Middleton, the Philadelphia Phillies owner, has been hanging out in Las Vegas, and I guarantee he's looking at Bryce going, listen, Bryce, I know this isn't the first place you want to go. I'll give you whatever the hell you want to come play baseball here. If you want 10 years and $450 million, let's do it. I want you no matter what because I believe, and this is John Middleton speaking in my head. I'm making this up. These aren't quotes. But John Middleton's approach is probably like, I believe Philadelphia. You might not believe it now, but I believe in the city. The city believes in you. You can win here in Philadelphia for years to come. You don't see that, but I do. So I'm willing to give you anything you want money-wise. Not money-wise, like it's not going to be sexual-wise. I don't know why I said money-wise. John Middleton's not going to have sex with Bryce Harper. I'm saying too much now. He's going to give him, no matter the money he wants, to come play here because John Middleton truly believes that Bryce Harper will fall in love with it, right? Bryce Harper's not there right now. These rumors are saying... Bryce doesn't want to go there, okay? So when you look at this, my first question is, is Bryce Harper taking this long-term deal and sacrificing a life experience that money cannot buy, okay? Let's, let's talk on the human level of what Bryce Harper is doing, right? He's a major league baseball player, He's a major league baseball player that could make damn near half a million dollars and have that money guaranteed to him sometime over the next two days, right? That is life-changing money, okay? That's like winning Powerball on steroids. That's that's the equivalent of winning Powerball and just getting to play a, um, baseball 
for the rest of your life. Like, who the hell wouldn't want to do that? Like, if I had a dream right now, it would be to win the lottery and play sports all day. Like, what the hell? That's what's happening. What's happening to Bryce Harper is winning Powerball, and then he just gets to play baseball for the rest of his life. Like, that's awesome, dude. Okay? But is there any instance, and I posed this question on Twitter yesterday, is there any instance that it makes sense for Bryce Harper to sign a short-term deal? And I had asked that question on Twitter yesterday and then kind of responded in the same tweet with, I could see a short-term deal making sense for Bryce Harper because a short-term deal, like for example, and I always lean back to the St. Louis Cardinals on this one, It's weird to do so because I am a Cubs fan, but I love baseball and I love the stories behind baseball, you know? I love great baseball stories. The San Francisco Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals are teams that that can win World Series titles. They've built them. They've built them recently and they can do it. But those teams are really only willing to go like short-term on a guy like Bryce Harper, right? So let's say, let's throw out a hypothetical. Let's say that Bryce Harper had an offer from the St. Louis Cardinals for five years and $200 million. And then the Phillies were like, we'll give you 10 years and $400 million. But let's say Bryce loves St. Louis and he's like, well, that's a true baseball town. And, you know, when you look back on, you know, World Series championships in St. Louis, look at all these players that were watching their playoff home runs generation after generation and saying like, wow, that's a stage that if I played in St. Louis, that's a stage that I could really be remembered on. I could make an impact on this game. I could stamp my name in this moment, and for the next 100 years, people are going to re-watch my playoff home run. They're going to re-watch what I did to help my team win this World Series. I'm always going to be remembered. And then he thinks about the 10 years and $400 million at Philly, and he's like, this is no disrespect to the Philadelphia Phillies or their fans or whatever, but objectively speaking, Philadelphia is not the baseball town that St. Louis is. Those, those are objective facts, okay? So Bryce Harper finds himself in Philly, and he might be like, that's not the best baseball platform that I would want to be on. Bryce Harper, the rumor is that he prefers a bigger, better baseball town like New York, like Chicago, like L.A., maybe like a place like St. Louis, but those teams can't match the Philadelphia Phillies offer. So Bryce Harper stuck in this conundrum, this double-edged sword, just dripping with all of this money. And as an athlete and the cutthroat industry that is Major League Baseball, you're inclined to take the security of a 10-year, $400 million deal, then if I do that, everyone is taken care of beyond their wildest dreams. Who doesn't want that? I would love to have half a million dollars. I would, If I had half a million dollars, I would have a DeLorean for every day of the week. I would have my Monday DeLorean. I would have my Friday DeLorean. I would have my If It's Raining Outside DeLorean. I would have my DeLorean that looks like the time machine. I, I would have like my 4x4 DeLorean lifted up in the air and have all these different DeLoreans. I love things. I do. Who doesn't? Those things are fun, and this isn't this shallow mentality of money doesn't buy happiness. No, this is 
providing you and your family with the ability to fully enjoy life and all of the experiences it has to offer. And when a team's going to guarantee you $400 million, you can do that for yourself. You can do it for your wife. You can do it for your family, your wife's family, your wife's extended family, your extended family. Generations to come will be able to fully enjoy life and do what they love to do whether it's be entrepreneurs and start a business or maybe be pro athletes or go to really good colleges because of what you were able to do. And when you think those things in your head and then you look at a five-year, $200 million offer, you're like, shit, $200 million is a lot of money, but so much more could be done with $400 million, passions, charity, this and that and the other, right? And with the security of a 10-year contract, and I could sit here and say to myself, and what I had written on Twitter was that I thought it could possibly make sense for Bryce to sign a short-term, high, average annual value offer because of the playing meaningful baseball, being remembered for generations to come, being in one of the biggest playoff stages ever. If you could get that and sign a two-year contract, it would totally be worth it. And the first response I got was, that makes zero sense because – yeah, if Bryce Harper can sign a five-year, $200 million contract and then do that again in 31, we're all assuming in this situation that Bryce Harper is going to be the same healthy, productive player at 31 than he is at 26. And there are no guarantees in athletics. There just aren't. You know, Harold Miner was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. He was supposed to be baby Jordan. Todd Van Poppel was supposed to be the next Nolan Ryan. You've got Tim Couch and Mark Appel and all these guys that are surefire prospects that don't turn into anything. In athletics, nothing is guaranteed. And it's almost in baseball, even more so, exponentially nothing is guaranteed. Baseball is this weird sport where you can just lose it. Like, your skill just goes away. It's very volatile. Rick Ankiel could pitch. And then all of a sudden... He couldn't pitch. It was gone. Andrew McCutcheon was an MVP and an MVP candidate every single year. And then it sort of just left him. It was gone. Jake Arrieta had one of the greatest seasons ever in 2015. Then it's just sort of gone, you know? And, I, I, I mean, that happens in baseball. It's here, and then all of a sudden it's gone, and you just sort of lose it. You know, all of a sudden Ryan Howard's retiring, and you're like, Oh, shit, really? He almost hit like 60 home runs in one year. What the heck happened? So when you look at those that aren't guaranteed and you tell yourself, that's stupid, sign the long-term deal no matter what, we when we say that, we automatically assume that this player values money over moments, right? $200 million is probably enough money to take care of your family for generations to come. $400 million is more, and that's better. More is better. When I go to Dairy Queen, do I want a small blizzard or a large blizzard? But I want the biggest ice cream you got. Logic, dude. I want everything bigger. That's it. I want more DeLoreans, not one. I just said that two seconds ago. But it's that experience that $400 million can't pay for. You know, would a guy like Bryce Harper, and I know I'm getting into really deep things, but would a guy like Bryce Harper retire then when he's 50, 60, 70 years old and you have all of this life experience and you kind of sit back and say, I don't give a shit about $400 million. 
200 men would have been enough for me. And then when you're 70 and you you see these generations of fans, these kids growing up and watching your home runs, your heroics in the postseason, like money can't buy that sort of stuff. Money cannot buy the experience of winning multiple World Series in great baseball towns. And the joy and the adulation that you get from fans because of what you were able to give them in these amazing baseball towns. And, you know, you look at these historic plays, you hear about historic plays. You know, we hear about Babe Ruth and his called shot at Wrigley Field. We see, you know, Willie Mays making, you know, the -the over-the-back catch. We see Jackie Robinson stealing home plate. We see... um. You know, Hank Aaron rounding the bases when he just broke Babe Ruth's record. And these a lot of these things that I've named aren't playoff moments, but like Kurt Gibson and his playoff home run when he's hobbling around the bases. Athletics, and one of the most beautiful thing about athletics is looking back, looking now, looking whenever, and seeing these superhuman things that have happened, these beautiful, wonderful, captivating victorious moments and enjoying them. I could not imagine the feeling because it's a great feeling to enjoy those moments over and over again. You know, when I watch Chris Bryant throw that ground ball from third base to first base and he slips while he throws it and Anthony Rizzo catches that ball, puts the ball in his back pocket and everyone is enjoying that World Series victory, that is a moment I'll remember forever. Javi Baez's Game 1 in the National League Division Series, that home run off Johnny Cueto. You know, Chris Bryant hitting that deep ball to right center, and Albert Almora tagging up for second. Ben Zobris's base hit. Miguel Montero's base hit. Chicago's a great baseball town and gave all these players this platform to to do amazing things. And when I watch those back, I could watch them forever. I love it. And I couldn't imagine what it's like to be that player who did the moment, who did it. What was it? What's it like for Kurt Gibson to know that he did that? What was it like for him in the moment? What's it like for him 30 years later? How amazing must that be? That feeling has to be something that no amount of money could ever buy. So when I sit back and say a short-term deal would make sense in Bryce Harper's case, and someone tells me that's stupid, that makes zero sense, that's why the five-year $200 million offer, that's why a short-term offer would make all of the sense in the world. It gives the player the chance to play as much meaningful baseball as they can You may be with a team for five years. Then when that's up, you may even go to another team and play for five years. I mean, being a kid, and if you were to sit back and say, you mean I would be so good at baseball that I could play for the Cubs, Cardinals, Red Sox, and Yankees and be a multi-multi-millionaire and be the most famous baseball player on earth and have all these endorsements and have all these opportunities— you realize if Bryce Harper was willing to sign short-term contracts with a high average annual value, he could do all of those things. And half the population might say, that's dumb. Why would you sign a short-term deal? You could break your leg tomorrow and never be the same player. I get it. 
Bryce Harper is never going to be poor. His family's never going to want, right? They're never going to need anything. It's all there for them, no matter what Bryce Harper does now, because his popularity is so great. But unfortunately, he's left with the dilemma of, God, $400 million is a lot of money. I can't say no to that, right? Society says you can't say no to that. He's the dumbest person on earth if he says no to that. But is he? We'll find out on Tuesday, man. Um, Greatest show on dirt. Thanks for listening. Close it up. You guys have an awesome week. And I'll probably upload this now. So take care. We'll talk again probably maybe later this week after Bryce signs. But thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, Yeah, thanks so much for listening, sharing, commenting on everything you guys do. All the listeners of the podcast. Really, really, really appreciate guys just listen to me give me the chance to record because uh, i love baseball more than anything and i love talking so have a phenomenal week and we'll catch you next time